Pingo. Welcome to PingoCast, the official podcast of Pingo, the easiest way to dial the world. In this episode, we continue our expat journey series with Chris Marshall, whose journey began in the UK. We are joined now by Chris Marshall, who, by the way, is making a uh, uh, making a go of it in Spain by way of the UK. Actually, Chris, by way of America, then by way of UK. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It sort <laughs> of went the UK, uh, America... UK, Spain, America, UK, Spain. I think the, uh, <laughs> so you've order, been, but I, I won't test you on it later. Now. You've been getting around. Is that uh, indecision on your part, or you just love them all so much you want to spend a little time in each place? Uh, really, it was just the fortune of the the style of work I did meant that I was I could take chunks of time and and you know spend them in different countries and uh, you know basically um, I ended up in Spain because a contract I got brought me to Spain and you know. We had a property in Florida for many years, so I would time to go out there and, and yeah, I picked up some work every now and again when I was over in Florida as well. So nice. I've been around a little bit. So okay, so it wasn't uh it wasn't that Spain necessarily had your heart all your life and you had a desire to go there, or was there uh that desire prior to actually living there? No, not at all really. I mean I guess like a lot of you know, you know, people brought up in England, you know, we used to holiday in Spain as a family, um, in the seventies, just after the you know, the Franco regime ended and, and it started to open up a little bit more. And then you know, we started holidaying in America and, and, and bought the property in America. So what brought me to Spain was a, a contract that I had um, to run a company that had developed a software product. And I got there, that company a rather large contract with a, a major UK retailer, uh, Grocery. And because the area of Spain that, that we ended up living in is, is renowned for uh, lots of greenhouses, growing courgettes, potatoes, fruit, vegetables. It's the, the main yes. uh, sort of economy here. So I got a contract. I came over to see how the consultant was doing, um, sort of liked the place, thought it was a building site. Uh, property was very cheap. And I guess my wife and I had always felt that at some point in our life we would have a, you know, a second home you know, in Europe. Um, and this seemed as good a place as any. Um, you know, sort of wasn't planned, wasn't thought out. Uh, pretty impromptu. And how long um, have you so been bought, there? Uh, we bought the property. We, we we completed in October two thousand. Um, so just coming up for ten years. And if you can, if I can ask you to think back uh, a, a decade uh, when you first arrived in Spain, uh, can you share with us some of the things that were a little more daunting than others or what were the challenges that faced you uh, coming to Spain for the first time? Well, I think that we're in a relatively unique position you know, for, compared to, say, a lot of expats in that because we hadn't been in one place all our lives, I, we hadn't lived in England all our lives, it, it wasn't quite as daunting the concept of leaving uh, England because in many ways we'd never really been anchored in that place anyway. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people do find that difficult. Yeah, if you've been in one country for 30 or 40 years, coming somewhere else, everywhere seems different. Right. Um, but we, we'd spent the last 10 years split around various countries, so we were used to not living in our homeland, effectively. Certainly a huge um, advantage, yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest issue is, yeah, is always going to be the language. Yeah, my, my Spanish you know, has its ups and downs. I'm certainly not fluent. Um, I'm re- you know, I struggle with the language. I struggle to learn the language. It's just a, a mental block that I have. I was reading uh, one of your recent blog posts on the website, which uh, hopefully we'll get to that here just in a moment. But, uh, yeah, I read some of your posts about the language, maybe one of the areas where you didn't quite reach your goals. That's right. Um, and that's because, you know, the, when we first came over, there weren't very many English-speaking pe- people here. Um, there are more now. 
Um, and obviously the Spaniards themselves, you know, because the, there are more English people, the bars and restaurants, you know, have picked up, you know, you know, a little bit more English. But we get by. So, so language is definitely one. So you haven't um, actually tried to take any courses or anything like that? You've just been, uh, you know, l- meeting people and, and living there, trying to pick up the language in that way? Uh, I've tried everything. I mean, I, I, when I was running a business in Barcelona, uh, I enrolled in a school. Uh, I used to have lessons every morning. Um, I've tried audio tape systems. I've tried language classes with one on one with Spanish friends. Um, it is just genuinely something I have a mental block with. I mean, I didn't even study a, a second language when I was at school you know, as, as a, a teenager. Um, so me and languages just don't get on particularly well. <laughs> I think I can associate um, with that. I don't think I'd be able to do too well with that either. Um, and I suppose the other sort of standout feature that took a while to get used to is is the you know the the, the Spanish hour, um, the, the um, just how how different their structure of their day is. You know, they they they, they work early. They they have a longer lunch. The the siesta still exists. Ah, the yes. afternoon starts at half past five. In the, you know, in the afternoon is when you know most people's evening is starting. That's when the afternoon starts. Uh, you don't really go out to bars or restaurants or anything till you know nine ten o'clock at night. So that I think takes some some getting used to. And if you don't, you end up in a very very small circle of of things to do. You know, if you if you try and live in Spain on English hours, um, you know, in an English style, uh, you've only got a small you know a small set of options really. Well, there's fantastic advice for somebody coming, uh, at least from England, or I guess anywhere where the workday is, is structured differently than it is there. Uh, how early in the day are they starting? Well, I mean, typically around about 8 o'clock. I mean, it, you know, the, the whole siesta concept is, is geared up for those that are working outdoors, so you know, in agriculture, tourism, uh, construction. Um, you know, and it is hot. You know, it's hot, you know, certainly in southern Spain, you know, pretty much the year round. And physically, they just can't be out in the sun. So, you know, a typical outdoor workers' um, daily pattern would be, you know, they'll turn up about eight o'clock and do the preparatory work. Around about ten o'clock, they'll go off and have some breakfast, which would be a tostado and a coffee. Yeah, they come back an hour later and work through till two o'clock, um, and then they will stay out of the sun. Then, you know, along a lunch, uh, uh, you know, sit in the shade from two till maybe five o'clock. And then they'd come back at five o'clock and carry on working through till you know eight thirty nine o'clock in the in the, the summer. That would take some adjusting uh, to for sure. Yeah. Uh, how did how have you felt welcome there in Spain? How's your personal experience been for as far as feeling comfortable there, feeling feeling like you belong there? Especially, I mean, now you've been there ten years, probably easier now. But uh, when you first came, well, when we first came, you know, you know um, there was this very small British community. Um, so the Spaniards really weren't that geared up to accept. Um, you know, I mean, we live in a very small part, a very small marina here in Spain. Um, but no, I, I think the, the Spanish have been very accommodating. I mean, the, the, the trick is, you know, if, if people you know, want one little bit of advice, is to, is to try and integrate. You know, you know, at least if you say hello in Spanish and thank you in Spanish and ask for a coffee in Spanish and you, know, you go into the Spanish bars and restaurants, you know, fundamentally no country likes it. Yeah, so it wouldn't be just it'd be unfair to say it's, it was you know Spain. If you know, if you come over as an English person and you only go into an English bar and you only go into an English restaurant and you only go to the the English supermarkets and buy English style food you know, at inflated prices, 
Well, the Spanish are going to resent that, you know, by nature. They're going to say, well, why are you here? You just want our sunshine. Right. Uh, but you're not putting, you're not putting anything into the, um, you know, the community or, or into the economy. And, you know, it would be natural then to feel a little bit, you know, used and abused if you were a Spaniard. Whereas if you go and sit in a Spanish bar and have a coffee in the morning, yeah, and if you, you know, try and adopt their, their patterns and you try and eat their food and you, you try and, you know, acknowledge them in, you know, in the streets and the bars and the coffees, then, you know, they're a very friendly, you know, gregarious, very talkative, you know, uh, set of people. Chris, how long do you expect to stay in Spain? Do you think you'll, you'll stay there for the rest of your life or...? Um, that would be the, the current thought, yes. I mean, we, um, <laughs> our life is totally dictated by our cats at the moment. Um, <laughs> How's that? Uh, well, I mean, because we had a very uh, nomadic lifestyle to some extent, you know, work-wise, you know, my wife sort of didn't work and, and you know, that gave us the opportunity to travel around the world together quite a bit. When we came down here, we were both very keen on the concept of settling. And I think the I think it was um, February two thousand and six. I think is is the last time I I did anything major. And I landed at the local airport, and that was the fifty second flight I'd taken in a year. Wow! Um, because of the, yeah, the, the, that was the last set of contracts I was doing. I just decided I'd had enough. I wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we did do that is we adopted a stray cat. Um, and, and that was a very conscious decision to say, well, I'm grounded now. We can't do that. And, and since then, we've adopted two more stray cats, uh -oh. you know, rescue cats. Um, my wife's got heavily involved in a, uh, a program to try and sterilize the, the stray animals and, and rehouse them, uh, ironically, to Germany. Um, but, yeah, I think we feel very settled here. Um, you know, we've got a, a nice, simple life. Um, very few luxuries, very few distractions. Um, you know, we enjoy the ability to take time out over a coffee rather than grab one, you know, and, and consume it walking down the street. Right. Uh, we like to, you know, go out for a two or three hour lunch, but not necessarily a fancy, expensive lunch. <laughs> so we've sort of got to that stage where the most valuable commodity to us is time. Yeah. And we would sacrifice a lot and have sacrificed a lot in order to have more time. Um, so yeah, I think you know, I think we probably find it quite hard to to get back into the you know a mainstream lifestyle now. Now let's talk about the website a little bit. I've mentioned it a couple times already, but uh, let's tell people how they can get out there and give them a little background on it. Um, Elmeramarlife.com. We'll spell that in case people aren't familiar. I wasn't familiar with the area, so uh, mm -hmm. A L M E R I M A R Elmeramar life.com and uh, give us a little background if you could on the website sure I mean I think when we, we we sort of first decided we were going to settle here you know on a permanent basis I wanted something to do I wanted a you know something to, to justify why I wanted to buy a new computer every now and again I wanted something that would keep the brain cells ticking over uh, I wanted something that would make me you know get out and about and, and, and learn a little bit about the culture and the traditions of, of the place that we chose to live in um, so I, I, you know, I, I set up a blog. I, I'd already um, been blogging for some time um, regarding, uh, I had a technical blog that was looking at Apple products and, and applications and accessories. So I, I, I set this up really just to sort of be a little bit of a, a personal project, you know, to try and you know, profile our life here. And then you know, one thing led to another and um, 
it, it grew. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed writing the reviews. I enjoyed getting out and taking photographs of the scenery. Then people would ask me if I could take photographs for them. Um, I got involved in, in some internet marketing projects and in terms of doing some AdWords and some arbitrage and some SEO uh, yeah, and all those you know, wonderful things that uh, many people seem to say they can make money from, but I, I don't believe you know half of them actually do. Uh, but I, I, I got a little bit hooked on that, and I thought, well, let, let's give the the site a go. You know, I mean, we've we've got a, a relatively good presence. We can try and put some affiliate stuff on there, get some local advertisers on there. Um, but it, it is more about you know being a vehicle to to generate some content, and and it has slowly sort of become um, the main way in which we we earn money on a day to day basis. Uh, I've got a, a couple of contracts through it to write for uh, English papers here in Spain. I do a, a weekly radio segment, and it's all about the lifestyle of living in Spain, thoughts on Spain, um, thoughts on how to succeed, why people fail, comment on stuff that's happening in the news, uh, whether it's you know the sensationalization of that, you know, everyone's having to go back to England because the euro is so you know, so strong and the, the pound is so weak, or you know the the illegal property issues with you know properties being threatened to to be demolished. So I sort of write about that as well as you know the mundane stuff about you know went for a walk along the beach, you know it was a nice day sort of thing. <laughs> the personal stuff, yeah. Well, I've had the pleasure to uh, uh, come across a lot of uh, fantastic expat sites out there while I've been doing the expat journeys and. I should say, all those that I have enjoyed, yours is just a step above. I think uh, you've done a phenomenal <laughs> job out there, and uh, it, it, I can't urge people enough to go take a look. There's a lot of interesting reading, and they've done a very nice job presenting uh, the area there and, and Spain in general. Chris, if, if, if I had to put you on the spot for a second and ask you for anyone listening who may be considering Spain as a as a place to relocate to, uh, one one word of advice. Uh, commit. Commit. Commit to it, yeah. The- um, I feel that too many people come over feeling, well, it's not that far back to England. Um, I can keep popping back. Um, I think if you're going to, to, to come and live in another country, you have to commit to that 100%. That's um, very good yeah. advice. Uh, I do want to thank you very much for spending the time with us today. And also, i got to get that plug out there one more time uh, for the website, uh, almerimarlife.com. It's A-L-M-E-R-I-M-A-R, life, L-I-F-E, dot com. And continued happiness and success in Spain, Chris. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of PingoCast. And remember, visit pingo.com for a great way to keep in touch with friends and family abroad. Also, if you enjoy PingoCast, please help us spread the word by linking to us on your websites, blogs, and social network pages. Pingo.